And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, talking Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Was Santa Claus good to you? Santa Claus might have been good to me, but it definitely wasn't good to the Detroit Lions over the holiday. This could have been a great week, a great holiday week for the Lions. And by the end of yesterday or last night, it just fizzled into probably the worst week they could have. I guess it could have been worse because a couple of those teams that lost could have won and really put them behind the eight ball. But for the most part, for the draft pick and for the playoffs, it was the worst thing happened to the Lions. Well, I don't care about the draft pick at all. Not not one iota. But yeah, you do. About... Yes, no, you do. No, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because that has nothing never... to do with the win or losing, and you could care if hey, another never team wins. Say one word about it. Never. You said so about what player, what a player they need to get in this next draft, and that that all accounts for that. It'll, it'll work its way out one way or the other. Uh, I don't care. I'm not buying it, but go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you listen because that's unprovable. But I'll let it go. Uh, like I said, it'll, it'll work its way out one way or the other, and the Lions have nothing to do with it. It'll, it'll be their pick when it's their pick. Go on with the game. We're, well, it's look. It, it was. It was. We we're talking about the Lions game on Saturday. It was, it was so strange. But, you know, Carolina comes down, scores on its first position. Lions come back, score right back at seven-seven. They hold them. They come down. They drive. Was it eighty-one yards? First and goal at the eight-yard line. They could either get a field goal or a, or a touchdown. And they taking control of the game. Then bingo, the most reliable player they have, the center Frank Ragdow. They have a fumbled snap. Carolina recovers and bingo, off they go. And the score is thirty-one to seven on the first possession of the second half. It's just an unbelievable turnaround. I've seen it before. Obviously, you've seen all this stuff before, but not quite like that, and not quite at this this time of the season with so much on the line. Well, looking back on it now, you know, I was riding the wave, and like I said, we haven't in this podcast we haven't got too high or too low. We take it as it is. Right. This was a learning season or whatever, but. I should have known, and you should have known, because you know more than me, and you covered them long, that with a young team, there's going to be a clinker in those last games. So for them to have to win nine out of ten games, that's just well, – I'm just talking about from the beginning of the streak. If they would have went to the playoffs with not losing again, that would have been nine out of ten. Somewhere in there, they were going to have a clunker. Now, some of us might have thought the Jets game was the clunker and they still won, but you could see it coming – the last few weeks, that because they hadn't been running the ball good, the defense, especially against, I call him Owen Wilson, but Zach Wilson, giving up big chunk plays to a quarterback that shouldn't even be in the NFL, that one of these weeks, everything was going to catch up with them, and they were going to have to, it was just going to be one of those games. And that was one of those games. That yeah, was one of those that. games. But, but nobody knew it was going to be Carolina going. No, in. but I'm so, just saying yeah. we saw it coming for the last three or four weeks. They hadn't been playing – they were playing good the in the Jacksonville, the other game, like but the Minnesota game they played good for three quarters. There was still some uneasiness in there. The Jets game, I don't think they played good at all. They won, and then well, you, they played well, they, well. They played well on defense. You can't say they didn't. I don't play think well they played well on defense. They let Zach Wilson give up th- get three hundred yards. Pass. That guy is awful. As you saw the next week after that, where he got benched. You, there's no way where you should give three hundred yards to that guy. Didn't give any points. I understand it, but I'm just saying you saw it I don't coming think you do slowly. Understand it. No, you saw it coming slowly, though. They haven't been playing. And for the life of me, I can't figure out a team that was a very good run team the first 
two-thirds of the season, the last four weeks, they're not running the ball. And I'm a, I got a theory on this later. But then they, 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 the physicalness of that offense now, it's become like a Rams offense where we can throw it. But they're not pounding that ball up in there like they used to. And I got a theory on why that's happening. And you're going to well, disagree with me. But I got a theory. Well, let's have the theory why it's going to happen. Let's get it out of the way. All right, let's get out of the way. Mike, and you remember this well. Remember uh, Minnesota, the year that they were going to the Super Bowl and they played Atlanta and they lost that game because they were trying to – Brian Billick was trying to get a head job. Right, he tried. He right. He he tried to get in one more play at the end of the half, and it ended up. But he, the right, but his whole thing was, was yeah. that he needed to show how smart he was because he was the hot coordinator, and he wanted teams to hire him. And they just he had to show how smart he was. They did all this extra play calling, and they lost. They lost the game. They didn't win. So he got a job in Baltimore, and he ended up whatever. But that was a reason why they did not go to the Super Bowl that year. Let me tell. Let me tell. Let me get it out. Let me get it out. Let me get it out. I got a feeling Ben Johnson's doing the same thing now. I think his play call in the last month has been an all offensive, get as many points as we can, um, a trick play offense, pass the ball offense, and I think they got in the way with what was working with him early defensively because I think he's he's trying to build a resume for a head job. This is just me. I could be totally wrong, but this is the way I see it. That, that the physicalness out of that offense early on is gone now. It's become a, 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 a offense of a pass, high potent offense instead of that you know the way they used to do it. They would remember they would run ten plays in a row. They would just pound you. They would do. There's not. I don't see that physicality anymore. Well, I don't see the physicality, but I don't think it's because because Ben Johnson is, is campaigning for a job somewhere because I don't think Dan Campbell would let him do it. But Dan Campbell, he, it's not that Dan Campbell would not let him do it or not. I'm just saying Ben Johnson is called in the plays. Dan Campbell's not vetoing all his plays out, but I'm just saying no, I think Ben Johnson is trying to build a resume right now. If this was going on week after week after week, he would step. He would have stepped in by now and said, "Oh, cut it out." Well, you're winning That's though. That's what he would have done. Yeah, but you're winning now. Now that you had that loss, let's see in this next game the way they play. I'm just saying. Now look, I could be wrong, Mike, but I'm just looking at it from this point of view. And all the Ben Johnson head coach talk, the offense has gotten real flowery instead of the meat and potatoes it was before with the flour. And I'm just saying, is he building? Is he trying to build a resume? I'm speechless. Right, you don't have to, this is this is Ken Brown's this is Ken Brown's theory, and y'all can approve or disapprove of it, whatever. But all I know is the physicalness of that offense has not been there the last month. They used to be. I mean, you used to hate to play them. They they would pound you, beat you, and then throw on top of you. Now it's pretty much a, we're gonna throw on top of you, and we'll sprinkle in a couple runs to, Jam- to uh, Williams at the one to get him a touchdown or two. Swift has many, been totally uh, how, out of it. How many how many how many running plays a game are they averaging now? Well, I don't know. Well, if you have this argument, you should know how many there are. It's not about that. They're not running <laughs> a lot. I don't know the exact number, and I had this number in front of me. I'm gonna get it right now. But it's the type of running they're doing. It's the type of I man. They used to pull those tack, pull those guys, pull those tack. They used to pound you up the middle. I mean, they used to they used to pound oh, well, you. And now it's a, it's a throw offense. 
I I think their weakness in the running game is that they run up the middle. I, that's I think that's one of their I think that's been I think that's been proven in the last three, four, or five weeks that that's that's not working for them. I think they've done too much. I don't think now they have some gimmick plays. You're running, you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, have him. He gets one carry a game, something like that. They sprinkle that in there, but I don't. I I, I just don't agree with your theory. That's all. right. I really don't. That's, like I said, that's why they call them theories. But it's something that I want to look out for, and I'm always aware of that. I mean, we me, me, we've had this conversation over the years about that Viking thing and that Billick thing, and I always look at that. When I, I look said, at, that, look, I said that I've said that right from the beginning. And I looked at that I, when um, the Denver, it was, when it was, the Kansas City's guy was going for a head job. Um, I can't think of his, but Bienemy. I always said he was calling plays to try to get a job instead of calling plays, even though they kept winning. But I was just always on the lookout for these hotshot coordinators coming up, and do they call stuff differently once their name is out for head coach? And I, Billick, that's what I see. Hold on, the Billick play was a play just before the end of the first half in the NFC Championship game, and the, with the, the, the smart money, the smart play was just to run out the clock. He didn't. They fumbled or something. There was a turnover. The Atlanta Falcons recovered and they went on to the soup. They made a either got a field goal or a touchdown or something with a few seconds to go and change the momentum of the game, change the score of the game, change the strategy of the game. And the next thing you know, the Falcons are in the Super Bowl. And Brian Billick, anyway, became the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. But yeah, I agree with you on the on the, on the Billick play. I really do. Yeah, but that was one play. In a yeah, but he Billick, it wasn't just a play. That was the play that. that we start talking about it, but but Billick, if you look at the last games of that, I don't want to get back to that season. That season was twenty years ago. I was just looking back at the last game. They they just start throwing the ball over the yard and, and were racking up points. Randy Moss and them, and they were put they were doing things well, like instead of running, you know, to get the clock down, they pass it and throw over the top. They were just he was building a resume. That's all I'm saying. And I want to be careful that Ben Johnson is not trying to build a resume to get out of here I, instead of trying to win. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's quite a lot, Kenny. Johnson. I know. I'm, look, this is my. I can. I have my own thoughts. Let's move on because, like I said, we're not going to agree. And I looked at this. They only rushed seventeen times this last game, even though they were behind and they didn't have a chance. You know, really to, to establish the run. But you can't have the leading rusher being Jared Goff. Sorry, it's not. It's not working. Well, he wasn't the leading rusher. He was the leading kick, uh, gainer. All right, Mike, we're not doing the, 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 the semantics again. We're not saying leading rush. Know. You know what I mean by just leading rusher. Uh, be no, accurate. I'm being accurate. This is, again, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the audience. This is what happens when you talk to writers. Just like um, the game's yeah, five and three in the accurate. third quarter, and the, who's winning? Why is that wrong, Mike? Because it's not <laughs> See, this is what I deal <laughs> with, ladies and gentlemen, on these podcasts and what I talk to Mike. He would not let me say a team is winning if the game's not over. Correct. Uh, that, okay. I'm just putting it out there for people to understand leading, what I'm dealing with here. Now, leading, let's trailing. move back. Come Jared on. Goff was the leading rusher with 15 yards. Well, he had one, Kenny. He had a, three carries or three attempts. Three attempts. Three he, attempts. He, yeah, but Swift only had four. Jamal Williams, whose the production the last few weeks is gone, he averaged a paltry – uh, 1.6 average on his seven sure. carries. So there's a problem there. And they got to get back putting the, as my man Lomas, Lomas, put Ken the, Brown's put the, guy, no, no. put the blade down. Put the blade down. You, you know, there are times like this when I wish I never would have told you that story. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't confirm it with Lomas, though, so you're, not, you're off the hook. And it was with it was with Tom Moore. I told Tom, put the blade down. Put the blade down. <laughs> All right. So, but, Ted, but, Tom, but the Lomas wanted to run the ball on every play. Oh yeah. Except, 
except when he wanted to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on because we go. I'm, I don't even want to talk about the game itself because I just think that when when I start when they're running chunk plays, it's just a bad. Let's let if you got any last words on the game, talk about. It. Otherwise, let's throw it out. You got any last thoughts on it? Well, the thing to me that that's that, you know, and I, and I, I watched uh, Dan Campbell's presser after the game on on DetroitLions.com. But one of the things that really stood out, first of all, he looked like he looked like a coach who'd been betrayed by his players. You know, just how poorly they played, the lack of effort, benching Jeff Okuda in the second half. I mean, it was it was just systemic failure, right and left, back and front, all over. And and he just looked like he'd been. I'm not going to say he was betrayed, but he just had that look like my guys didn't even try. And what he said that really stood out that I that I that I've kind of underlined, circled, whatever you want to call it. He said, I didn't see the fire like we had before. And to me, this team is built on that. Yeah. It's built on it's built on the fire. That's 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 what made them what they are. That's what you know, that's that, that's why people like them. They play hard. They had everything on the lines uh, Saturday, Ken, and they did there was no fire. Yeah. Because I think that the uh, um, the flowers have been getting too many flowers over the last few weeks. Oh, They'll read yeah, too many. That, affect, uh, that affected the defense. No, I, I think it affected the whole team. I think. Listen, listen, to what I'm saying. They they had too many flowers over the last week. They got too many compliments. They were number seven on the NFL list, and I just think subconsciously we're playing a team below 500. We can throw the helmets out, and they're going to roll over because they want a draft pick. They don't care about this game. We need it, and we'll be okay. And they got a rude awakening. I think that's what happened. That this exactly. is the NFL, where every week every team can beat you, and you if you don't bring your A game, you're gonna get. And by the time they probably realized they were in a game, they were already down. You know, twenty one seven, twenty four seven. No, I, I agree. I misunderstood what you said because you said flowers. I thought you were talking about the play selection. No, no, no. I'm talking about the flowers. No, I, people ain't giving them the last weeks about how great they were. Well, you have such a limited. Uh, uh, Vocabulary. Uh, you said I got a little bit of vocabulary. Is that what you're going to do to me now? <laughs> Please learn another word. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Mike, but giving flowers is like the young kids saying these. So I'm trying to hip you up as well as we do these podcasts. Giving flowers, me means, giving flowers means that you're giving compliments out. That's for the young kids, for the, Kenny, for the hip-hoppers, Kenny. for the hip-hoppers Kenny. out there. When I, when, I, when I grew up in the east side of Detroit, we said you're hip. It means I understand, okay? <laughs> hey, man, I'm hip. So don't start telling me about hip. But, but I, do you, I know, but your hip is not the hip today. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me on that. I'm, I'm <laughs> hip, <bro. laughs> But do you agree that the, I think they just thought they could throw the helmets out? I have, you know what? It looked that way. It and and really don't did. and Dan Campbell has to take the blame for not getting them ready. Well, how, and I hear all the radio talk the last day or two about Dan Campbell's to blame. Blah blah. How about blaming some of these players? You know, forget about Dan's got to say that because that's what a coach has to do. Of course, that's what he. But does, you, that's you, what you better look at He's, look at these players. They know what was said, in store for them. They got to get out there and do it. He said, "Put it on me." I, I look. I agree with him. You know, that's that, that's part of being the coach. That, that's fine. That's fine. You but, take the bullets. Right. But, but you can. But, but when you get behind the closed doors, you know damn well as a player that you didn't do your job. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back to Michael here. Line number one thirty nine. Okay. You've only heard this one about fifty five thousand times. But when Wayne France was the head coach here, everything was his wrong. His, his everything about everything that went wrong was his fault, and the players were like guys. Got on a plane and the plane crashed and it wasn't their fault. They just bought a ticket and it had nothing to do with it. No, the players have everything to do with it. Everything. Right. Jeff Akuda, was it was it the coach's fault you you got benched? Was it the coach's no. fault you went? Was it the interior of the line's fault that they were running chunk yard plays, running right up the middle? 
Was it their fault? Was the missed tackles on the, the back end of the safeties? Was that was that Campbell's fault? Did he tell you before the game? You know, if you miss a couple, it's okay. Uh, no. So take a responsibility, and I'm sure the players will. But like I said, this is the learning experience. This is why they were a year ahead, because this is the stuff they would be learning next year if they were in the, you know, the third year of a rebuild. You're lucky they're getting it out the way now. This is stuff that they're a year ahead of learning, and this was one of the games you learned from. No, absolutely. And this is, look, in past years, and I don't know what's going to happen this week, how things are going to go down, but in past years, the media would descend on this team right now. They really would. They would be like the second or third voice on, on what they did wrong. They really would. It would be interesting to see, you know, what kind of coverage they get the rest of this week. And I'm not saying that the guys don't do this because they, they do. This is a great media core here in Detroit covering the Lions. I'm just kind of curious how this is going to play out over the next two two years. In, in a way, it's a good thing it's not the middle of the season because you can get it out of the way. Yeah. But, but like I said, the best part with this team is as bad as performance that was, a clinker as it was, a clunker as it was, whatever you want to say, you're still in the race, so you got to concentrate on the next week. And this Chicago, you can't concentrate on anything but Chicago now. So at least you got something to look forward to. And you're still in there. You're half a game out of the last spot, two games left, and anything can happen on all these games coming up, as you saw last week. So get back to focus on what you need to do. But I think Campbell needs to break it down to him. Look, we got to get back to the way we used to play. And, get, and let's get at it. And yeah, we'll I just, see. I, I, Go ahead. I don't see. Yeah, but the fire. I, I I don't see the power in the running game either. I just That's what I'm talking it. about. Let's get back to that. It's there. It was, it was there before. Let's get back to that. And if, if if you know what, last year and other years, you know what happened when they when they lack power in the running game. You saw the Craig Reynolds and guys come up and start running the ball. If you got to bring up the backups, if if the if the if Swift and them not gonna do the job and. Jamal Williams is spent now as a back, you know, and spending more time on the sideline, grinding than he is, getting, you know, running. If that's going to be the case, then you got to bring the young cats in and start running them. But you got to get back to that physicality because that's the trademark of this team. Well, you keep, you keep mentioning DeAndre Swift. I don't think he's the same player he was early in the season, the first two or three games before, you know, or whatever it was that he got hurt. I just don't see the same sharpness, the same quickness, the same explosion. I really don't. Now, whether that's he's still being bothered, I mean, I doubt it. But, but Mike, after that I, Buffalo I, I, game I, just, I saw it, didn't you? I mean, a little bit in spats. Yeah, really, a little bit in and spats, then it just went back again. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I just, I don't I get don't it. See it. I don't get but mm-hmm. it. But, well, like I said, we'll talk about that after the season. But we talk about Chicago now, home game. And I, okay, now you done got me started. I wasn't going to get into it. Oh, uh, Did we just draft uh, J-Mo Williams for next year? Because evidently you don't plan on incorporating any plays uh, with him. You don't plan don't on giving him the ball. And it. if he's on the field, do something with him. And I know you got backs playing. I mean, receivers playing good. Uh, Chalk has picked it up extensively since Williams has been back. Um, Armand is the same all the time. He's your best receiver. But once you traded Hawkinson. No, but, I don't see, I, but I don't see an awful lot from Josh, Josh Reynolds. I really don't. Right, that's what I'm saying. But after you he got had rid play of. play Sunday and you dropped the ball on the end zone. Yeah, and got a, but he's caught he some touchdowns. He's got an penalty on the same one. Right, but he caught a good touchdown against the Jets. He's had plays sporadically, but it's not a point that where I'm looking at the the um, the um sheet here with number of plays that they ran. Um, Josh Williams. 11. No, I'm talking about Josh 11. Williams. J-Mo had 11. And yeah, Reynolds had 40. I don't think the yeah. disparity should be 30 plays between the two of them. I don't care how many plays that uh, Jamison Williams gets. I want to see him use him. He's supposedly the fastest or second fastest player 
in the National Football League. How would you know? Right. But, Mike, you can't, you can't get plays to him if you're not playing him. If you're playing Reynolds 40 and him 11, you only get so many chances on 11. And I, I guarantee I you on those 11 plays, there probably were three or four runs. It wasn't just 11 pass plays. Those 11 plays. So well, he's not even getting many it. opportunities. I guarantee you he wasn't in for just pass plays because I saw him on a couple of run plays because he was blocking. So I know that of those 11, maybe seven of them were passes. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see. But anyway, look, more than 11 plays. You've got to give him more than 11 plays. I would agree with that, but you've got to use them. Yeah, you got to use them. And maybe they, okay. maybe they was waiting for certain situations, whatever, and I heard the turf was bad at that place. Maybe they didn't want to yeah. get out there and the whole thing. So I'm going to excuse that. But like I said, you got nothing else to do. You got to win these last two. You got nothing else to do but put guys out there and try to win. So anything else? Would, oh, just can, hold on. I don't think, look, I don't think they're not trying to win. No, I know, but I, I think they're comfortable with the guys who have been there all year and they're, you're not, put it like this, J-Mo Williamson's incorporation into the offense is not their top priority since he's been back. That's what I think. I don't think it should be, but I think it should be something that's monitored. And, and, some, and I, I think he should be getting more, I don't know about more, more snaps, but when he's on the field, I think he should be getting, getting more plays, plays for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but I don't think that's their priority, which I understand. Look, you're in the middle of a win streak. You don't want to change anything up. You keep it going. But now that you've lost the game and now you need to, I expect to see some plays to him this week and next week. All right. No, I agree with you. All right. Let's, uh, I don't know why, but I do. Yeah, well, about time. Um, anything else on Carolina? Because like I said, I'm dumping it. Oh, one last point I just want to make about drafting. And this wow. is talking to me after Tua had a, a terrible game last night, and I don't know if he's the quarterback of the future or not. But when you got top five picks, unless you got a player that's going to take away touchdowns and produce touchdowns, you don't take them. And this is, goes back to the Jeff Okuda thing again. Good player. Not playing good right now, but cornerbacks are number three, man. Unless it's Deion Sanders, I'm staying away from it. This is a draft talk for this year, too. You got to take impact players that when you get high draft picks. You got to. How about, Sauce, how about Sauce Gardner? Sauce Gardner, as good as he is, he's not taking the ball away. He's, he's good. I'm not going to deny that. But is he worth a number four? The Jets are, what, seven and eight with a corner that's explicitly great. And they're still a 500 team. That's my point. Just that position, unless you're scoring touchdowns with it, is not a game changer. It's just a good. It's it's a good player to have, and you need them. But you don't need them as game. If there's a game changer available, you take them. And I don't know who went after Sauce because I don't remember the way they picked. So you wouldn't you, you wouldn't take an offensive lineman. Left tackle. Left tackle keeps keeps your quarterback up. Left tackle, I would. But like I said, my five positions: a defensive end, quarterback. Left tackle, pass rusher. And that's four, and then you could add whatever that you want. That was only four. I said you could add whatever else you want after that. Those are my top four. Okay, I'm adding a cornerback. And a I'm not adding corner. If corner, if you do add corner, it's the fifth. It's the fifth out of the, those other ones. And maybe wide receiver before corner. So that's Kim Brown's theory. But, you know. You, you, you now have nine players in the top three, okay? <laughs> How are you going to do that? <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. The Lions are 7-8. and eight. They got two games left. The way it works out, they're going to have to run the table and hope for a, a, a Washington loss or the Giants losing both games or Seattle losing one. 
So it's not impossible. And like I said, anything happened. If you remember, Mike, the year here, this was a few years ago, where the Lions clinched the playoff before they even played that last night game against Green Bay because of uh, the Giants lost, I think, or the Redskins. The Giants and Redskins, I can't remember which one won or lost. Washington lost. Things like that are going to happen on the last day of the season. So, And there's even a possibility, how rare it is, that an 8-9 team will be that last team. I mean, the 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 thing comes uh, out that it's not going to happen, but I'm saying the possibility is still there. So you got to just play so. your games out. I don't need that. The card? last wild card is a scenario where all there'll be three teams tied at eight and nine, and the Lions get the tiebreaker. That's one scenario I saw today on some website or whatever, and it's not going to happen. But I'm just saying that's the possibility. So Lions just got to get nine wins, get the two. Okay, I'd like to live in your world for just a day when all things are possible. <laughs> well, Mike, I, look, this is, this is math we're talking here. I'm not saying it's no, going to happen. I'm well, just saying there's a whole bunch of results you put in for each okay. game week by week. If it can happen, it's worth it's worth knowing. Yeah, it's, it's worth knowing. Happen. You know, it's, if it's not going to happen, it's worth knowing. Right. But what you do, what we do know is the Lions need to win this week, and that's the game I'm concentrating on this week. Home game, so first Chicago. Of all, first of all, first of all, they got to hold – uh, uh, Justin Fields to at least 166. Yes. 167 is one too many. Right. Right. And I think on field and inside, on turf and inside, you got a better chance of stopping him from running crazy. I just do because, you know, it's just you play faster. He plays faster too, but he when you play faster on defense and you're in the friendly confines and you know where he's going to be, I just think the game Chicago should have won with Detroit was the other one. This one, I think Detroit – you know, they'll put points up, and they're not going to be able to match them point for point. Why should Chicago have won? Say that again? Did you say Chicago should have won the first game? Yeah, they should have won the first game. Remember, they that was the game they should have won. They missed the extra point, and then they the Lions won it. It was just a game that Chicago should have won. They were winning all the time. Remember the whole game? They were winning. Leading? All right, here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. They were leading the whole trying, game. I'm just trying to make you right. That's they were okay. leading the whole game, yeah. But that was you know, the one you know sh- what? I guarantee you right now the WGI switchboard is lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it better not be because we're taping. That's right. It better be recording. If it is yeah. lighted up, I'll be at home. Um, yeah. Okay, so we got that going. Uh, you do think that this is a bounce-back week for the Bears, for the Lions? I think I – think, uh, Dan Campbell's going to be a different coach this week than he was last week. Yeah. In other words, I think I think he's going to – look, he's not going to – I think he's going to crack the whip a little bit. I think he's going to get get right in their grill and tell them, and tell them a few things about playing in the National Football League. I really mm-hmm. do. And with a young team, you got to do that. But also – Absolutely. He's got his notebook out for this offseason and next season. He sees – Absolutely. Who are guys that I don't have to tell them what to do? I remember Bill Parcells used to say all the time. He said, I didn't have, ever have to tell Lawrence Taylor to play hard. I didn't ever have right. to tell this guy to play hard. I knew those guys were going to be here. The guys I had to drill on and keep my foot on were the guys over here that could go either way. And I think Gam- Campbell's putting this list on, you know, the Christmas list and checking it twice of guys he knows I got to put the finger on to get them to play. And guys – I don't have to tell them anything. They just come out the right. duck, you know, come out of the locker room ready to play, and that's part of the growth here. That's why I'm not upset about it. As like a lot of people are, Lions fans have turned on them after one week, and now Dan Campbell's back on the firing squad again. It's just silly. This is what no, I, you call the growth of a team. 
Well, here's what I think, Kenny, and maybe you, I, I think you might agree with me. Look, in a 17-game season, to me, with a coach like Dan Campbell, I think he's established by now, late in his second year, that he's going to be the coach for a while. But that doesn't mean he's not subject to scrutiny and and and, and evaluation of what he's done on a week-to-week basis. But that doesn't mean if he doesn't call timeout the way you like it or he doesn't throw the flag the way I like it, doesn't mean his job is on the line. Right. In other words, he, this is his way of managing a game. I don't think there was one coaching decision on Saturday that had anything to do with the outcome. The only thing, a couple of things that I disagreed with, I would have given Jamison Williams a couple of more plays where he's actually in the mix for something. And I also would have taken uh, Jared Goff out in the last minutes. He was getting hit right and left. I, I thought that was a risk yeah. that wasn't was not did not need to be taken. No, but that's not bad coach. That's just that's a choice. Right. Okay. Right. That's not sending ten men out on the field, twelve men out on the field, things like that. Right. So I think I think Dan Campbell already at this stage, you know, one year and fifteen games into his tenure in Detroit, he's going to be the coach here for a long time. Yeah, unless something happens crazy. But look at the see you looking people out there looking at just. The result, but look at some of the things behind the numbers. Four and four at home. That means he's just trying to establish the home thing, which hasn't been established since Caldwell left. He's three and four on the road. You know, road wins three and four, and he's got one left to play. Those are things that you know. You these are the good signs for a coming up team. Look at his division well, record. Look at the three and know, one, yeah. and look at the um, conference record. These are right. these are plus records. That's how you build the team. And I don't know what this this um, schedule maker does because Lions finished, you know, second worst team in the league this year and it's supposed to be this easy schedule. Never believe that stuff because this, this, to me, you never this know. is one of the hardest schedules they got in the league. They played all playoff teams or teams trying to get to the playoff. Jacksonville was supposed to have been an easy game last year when you got the schedule. That was one of the, this was, that was a good team. You know, um, the Jets and Giants both, you didn't think last year they were going to be as good as they are. They are. Um, Carolina, you, yeah, yeah, but that, you know, yeah, let's pass on. Yeah, we'll pass Miami. on that. But there's, look at their schedule. They played Miami, a Miami a team that was up for the playoffs until the the two a slide of four weeks ago. So they they played a hard schedule. They played guys going for the playoffs, and this is only going to harden them as we go forward. I'll tell you one thing. When you're talking about Carolina, by the way, Steve Wilkes is the interim head coach right now. He's five and five as an interim head coach with that roster, with that quarterback. Without no Christian McCaffrey, who they traded away, if that man's not a head coach in the National Football League, and next season, then I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, he got jobbed in Arizona one year and out. That was crazy. It was just insane. <coughs> Never should have been. I am right well, about got, that, right? Yeah. At I'm least got he got. Yeah. Well, at least he got paid. Yeah. At least he got paid. Well, so did I, I get this is a, tri- <coughs> a trivia question for everybody who's listening to you now. What was the Houston's coach before Lovey Smith took over? What was his name? I have absolutely no idea. That's what I'm saying. He got one year out too, man, and nobody even heard him again, nobody else. But he got a, like a three- or four-year deal, so he's not complaining. Yeah. Callie. You know, you, you right. can't remember him coaching a year. He was he was gone. One year out. Nathaniel Hackett gets the boot today. He, what, he get a three-year contract or whatever? He, he's Something not going like to complain that. about it, but it's one year out. He's, the, the league is unforgiving. It is unforgiving. But you keep making these mistakes. When you change over coaches every year, that's why I said I'm a three-year guy, even with Patricia. I'm, they wanted to fire him after the second year. No, you get three. And then if it's not working, then I understand. But you got to let well, these guys put had, their program had his, in. He had his 
He had his three. No, he, he had really his three. Did. I'm saying, but remember after the second year that everybody wanted to fire him. I said, you got to give him well, one more. You got to give him one more. I'm with you. So, and now with with um, Campbell, the clock starts three plus this one. So he'll have to, he'll have to do four or two more bad ones before I'm even looking at him because I see them. I see right now the progress he's put. You know, he's passed. No, the, you know, he's passed. The, let's see what he can do. He's done. So let's see where he goes. No, I would agree with that. All right. Anything else, Mike? We've been talking and yakking a long time, but it's holidays. You got time to listen to the podcast. I'll try to keep these at 30 minutes, but we're going over today because, look, we're playing meaningful games in December, ladies and gentlemen. That's all you guys cried about for years, for the last few years. Now you got it. Now you're crying because we didn't win every game. They didn't go 9-1 and one down the stretch. All right, get over it. Let's move on. You got the Bears. You're still in it. Exciting game at Ford Field. I expect the crowd to be raucous. Holiday season. Is that New Year's Eve? Uh, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. So you, it might not be as raucous. You know, you'd be hungover. <laughs> <laughs> but at least maybe by two or one o'clock, you come out of the alcohol-based stupor that half of you were in, right? And be able to get it loaded up there and get a win. Then you're eight and eight. One game. I, you know what? I want to see Green Bay win against Minnesota, even though they're not winning. And this is T.J. Hawkinson, his old. What he owes the Lions for trading him to Minnesota, he's going to pay back in that Green Bay game. Remember I said it right here. This is TJ's payback to the city of Detroit. They're going to beat, the, they're going to beat Green Bay. I'll tell you right now, he's, he is, uh, TJ Hawkinson is going to be a perennial pro bowler, and he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Good Trust player. Me. But that's not the tight end the Lions wanted. Well, look, they've got a kid who's got three, caught, what, you caught three balls off for touchdowns? Yeah, well, I think the Lions have caught, what, eight or nine touchdowns since TJ's been traded by tight ends overall? I know it's at least seven. I, Brock Wright's caught three. I think Zilstra, besides the three he caught yesterday, he caught one more earlier, four. So that's seven right there. Well, then TJ had some before. That's what I'm saying, him. but I'm saying the tight end position hasn't been neglected since he's been gone. I just think no, that the offense they different. run, TJ is better in Minnesota. You right. can pay him. He'll be their second receiver. In Detroit, he's going to be the second receiver. And I guarantee you this. TJ will agree with that, too. Oh, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm saying. So pay back this week, TJ, for letting them get you to Minnesota. You're going to the playoffs. Now you pay back by spanking Green Bay. Right. And I think he had a good game against Green Bay the last when we played him this year. Was he part of that victory? I kind of so. yeah. remember. So. All right, so we got that coming up, Mike. Um, any last thoughts on the uh, game this week and the upcoming – Green Bay. Oh, we'll talk about Green Bay next week. But the upcoming Chicago game, which will get the Lions a winning division record. Well, I'd like to see them do that. I like them. You know what? Ford Field has been a great place to watch a game this year. It really has. Right from the beginning against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles when they lost by three, couldn't get the ball back. And I think they would have won that game if they had one more possession. But Ford Field has been a party pit since the start of this season. The fans, the God love them. They are an incredible group of people to play football in front of. There you go. Give me a score. I, I need to work on it a little bit. All right, don't give me a score. Give me this I'll prediction. Tell, oh, I, I like the Lions to win, but I think I, you've got to, to really control that quarterback right. better than they have. But that's all they got to control now. Him. That's all you got to do. You got to just work well, on yeah, it. Well, yeah, yesterday, look, he had a, what, 90 yards rushing or something like that, and he still got beat by 20. Right. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Now, this is my – let me ask you this question, quick prediction. If the Lions win the next two, do you think they make the playoff? 
Yes. Okay. Only because I want him to. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll dip, we'll end it there. And then the Rams pick now is number seven, and they play the Chargers. They're not going to beat the Chargers, but they'll beat – I think they could beat Seattle that last game. So you're looking at a six-win Ram team, and that'll get you in a top-ten draft pick. And that's all you ask for from the Stafford trade. If, it was, if the Stafford trade ended up being the 28th pick, the 10th pick, and uh, the third-round pick you got, which became a terrible player. Well, not terrible, but not a good player. Um, I'm fine with that trade. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm absolutely. fine with that trade. I know everybody saw visions of sugar plums dancing in their you head. You forgot something else. What's that? You forgot something else. They got a starting quarterback. Oh, I forgot about that. And we'll talk about that <laughs> next week too. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. But I want to wait till the end of the year to talk about golf. I don't want to talk about what you think sure. the future is with him now. I think you better erase that part. <laughs> <laughs> We're not erasing nothing. I, we'll talk about right. the future of Jared Golf at the end, but I. Right. Uh, things have changed, put it like this, since the first game of last year, Jared Goff, to this game, Jared Goff. The, the, the impressions of him have changed. A lot has changed, but I don't want to definitive it yet, but you're right. I, Jared Goff was part of the deal. That, I'm telling you, Rams may have got the Super Bowl, but that was the one of the greatest deals for Detroit of all time. It really time. was, yeah. It you really know? was. And if nothing else, he became a bridge guy that could, you know, settle down a young team, and I think his experience helped him do that. And he's a good yeah. dude. All of that. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Well, my prediction is Chicago will uh, – I'm not doing my 33-17. Now I, can, I don't have to do it anymore since they lost. But I think they'll they'll put a spanking on Chicago. Now I'm, I'm not even predicting the score because they might give up 20 points and still win by 20. But at home, they're putting up 35 a game, 30 a game. I just think that's going to happen because I think that – Chicago's not that good. So, and plus, Chicago wants a draft pick. They trying to get Will Anderson. They trying to get up in the. You know, I just. Think, I'm not saying they're gonna throw the game, but they're they're not gonna. They're not going out of their way to. You know, once they get down, I think that's it. You know, when teams that are losing get down, let me just get out of here healthy. And that, that's just a natural thing from guys. And I don't blame them. You know, I'm no, not, I don't and I don't that. think Phil should be running all this rest of this year either. Why are you running him around like that to re- for the to get hurt for the rest of the year? Just let him go back in the pocket, throw the ball. And try to work on that part of his game. Why you got him? He's already got a thousand yards. You know what are you running him for in two meaningless games? Well, that's I'm sure that's the way he plays the game. I understand it, but you gotta, as a coach and ownership, okay. you gotta look out for your for your franchise player. You didn't see Michael Vick. You remember my? All I remember is Michael Vick when they start running around too much. You know what happens? And Mike in this league, look at Lamar Jackson. You you're not gonna make your beans running the ball a lot in this league. You may do it for a few years, but that's why Cam Newton is out the league and Matt Stafford still playing. And All Matt right. Stafford Kenny, came into Matt Stafford came into the league a year before Cam Newton. Kenny, do you want me to start talking about Bobby Douglas or can we close the show? <laughs> for the no, we can talk about Bobby. How many years did Bobby Douglas play? I'll tell you. I'll tell you on the next one. Yeah, tell me. But I guarantee you, what the lot though was it, Mike? Kenny, will you please sign <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the Kenny Podcast. Give Rob Michael here at DetroitLabs.com. No Frank Ragnall, so don't look out for him because I'm on vacation. We'll talk next week.